I'm your host, David Frost. This is my strategic forecast where you get common sense market analysis. Today is Thursday, March 21, 2019. We're looking at a daily chart of the SPY or Spider, which is the proxy for the S&P 500. So by the look of today's candle, it's pretty obvious what happened today. We're going to pick it apart. We're going to look under the hood. We're going to discuss everything we need to. We're going to find that final destination because that's where the market is headed. It's headed to a final destination. We've been discussing this for a long, long time. I said it was very difficult to get bearish the market. There were certainly divergences. There were bearish signals out there, but we've been steadfast looking for 287 to 290 in a specific zone of time, if you will. We're in that zone now. So anytime between now and let's say a couple of weeks from now, give or take, if we see the market up at 287 to 290 and we see the sign and a signal of a trend change, that's where I would be interested in looking for a short trade in this market. We'll peel back the onion and get into specifics in a moment. First, let me just pause and thank everybody for participating, posting comments under the video each and every night. I love the interaction, and you know how I especially love the banter back and forth. In addition, if it's worthy, and only if it's worthy, hit the thumbs up button on the video, and then go ahead and share the video with anybody that you think can benefit from this information. All right, back to business. Let's start with the obvious, right? What was today's low? Today's low was 280.59. What's the number that we've been looking at for a long, long time? 280.40. How long has that been an important number to the market? And it hasn't just been the last four or five days. It was important the last time we came up to this area also. If you remember, we sold away from it a little bit. The market did a reset, had a launch pad. Remember, we talked about the launch pad And here we are, another launch pad. We had the Kabuki Theater yesterday. That was the perfect recipe for the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate team to show up, try and make everybody believe one thing is happening, but yet something else is happening. It's called the rope-a-dope. So the trick, trap, fool, and frustrate team did a -a rope-a-dope. It happens all the time. How many times have we seen the Fed announcement come out? It's not necessarily each and every time they do it, but we've seen this so many times. The Fed announcement comes out, the market whips around, and the next day it takes off to the upside. Go back and check for yourself and see how many times that happened. Sometimes we only remember the most recent ones, but if you take a large majority over the last several years and you say, what happened? the majority of the time after the Fed announcement. You'll see that we've read this book before. And that's not a technical reason to be long the market. The technical reason was down at 280.40 this morning, yesterday, a few days before that, the day before that. We said it time and time again, and here's the deal. 280.40 is important until it's not. Can this be a fake out? Let's look at the other side. In all fairness, we have to look at both sides of the market. We always do. Can this be a fake out? It can be, but it certainly doesn't look like a fake out in my work, 
My work tells me that we should get up to maybe even to 290. I'm thinking that we could get up to the 290. I don't want to stretch it too far, and I don't want to get too far out over our skis, but I pretty much think that they're going to go and hit 290, maybe even slightly higher. There's a gap up there. There's a lot of stuff going on. It's not going to just waltz right through there. However, there could be a vacuum to the upside. We could have a two or three day melt up. That is possible. Today might have been day number one. Let me address something that we talked about a few months ago and I want to bring it back to life. When the market was declining in December, in November, when the market was scaling down and we started to get to the point where that rubber band, if you remember, if you were around back then, we were watching in this area and I said, if we close below here, watch out because the rubber band will snap and there are much lower prices ahead. That happened and then remember as we started getting into the latter part of December, I said, we're looking for a low. And everybody thought I was nuts. Everybody thought the market was going to zero. The media was all up in a tizzy. They were talking about a bear market. Everybody knows the situation. And then around Christmas, the market found a low, and here we are. Now flip it around. We're looking for a high. I don't think we're there yet, but we're beginning right now. We're looking for a high. I'm pretty sure the market's going to get up into this hot slash red zone Ideally, I'd love to see 290. I don't know if they'll hand it to us. Who knows? They never ever just give you exactly what you want. You take what the market gives you, you get what you get, and you don't get upset. Now keep something in mind. In order to do this correctly, same thing applies now that applied in December. You have to turn off the TV. You have to stop listening to other people. You can do what you want. I'm just telling you what I do. I put my blinders on. I don't want to hear economists tell me one thing. I don't want to hear the chairman of the Federal Reserve tell me something else. I don't want to hear CNBC commentators tell me something. I don't want to hear mutual fund managers tell me something. I don't want any information other than what I figure out on my own. Keep in mind, if the market gets up to 290, maybe it goes up to 292, if we get up into that area, everybody will be extremely bullish. There will be nobody wanting to short the market up in that area. It will look like we're breaking out to new highs. And by the way, maybe they will. There's always a chance, 100% of the time, there's a chance I'm going to be wrong. And speaking of wrong, by the way, I took a loss today, so trading was crappy. So I'm wrong just like everybody else. And I'm going to show you the trade because I got trick trap fooled and frustrated, no doubt about it. You think I came up with that term watching it happen to other people? No, it happens to everybody. But here's the key, getting back to that potential hypothetical situation. If the market is up in that zone, it's not going to look like anything is ever going to happen to the downside. Like now, it looks like the market just won't go down. The Fed said terrible things about the economy yesterday. They're not going to raise interest rates, according to them, for the next year. That's not what they were saying three or four months ago. So if they're saying that, why is the market rising on bad news? Because the market, as far as the market participants are concerned, and I'm talking about the people that are likely saying this on CNBC and Bloomberg and all over the place, they're likely saying it's easy money. As long as the Fed has a put under the market, we'll just buy the market and it'll continue going up. That's the way they feel. They feel that if the Fed is going to continue the liquidity, the easy money policies, then they can continue to buy the market. 
I would assume that's what they were saying today on Thursday after the market started to rise. The question is, if that was the case, how come the market didn't rise right away yesterday? And you'll get some nonsense like, and I'm doing the air quote thing, well, everybody was digesting the news. Bullshit. The reality is, is the market's going to do whatever the market's going to do and it has nothing to do with what the Fed said. You know that from being here for a while. Since I brought up the other topic about the loss, let's do that one now because I got all worked up over it. So here we have JKS, Jinko Solar, net net. The work this morning was wrong. The price level didn't work. That's going to happen. We all understand that. That's why we have stops. So here, the stop was an hourly close below $19.70. The two price levels or targets you see on the screen were target number one at $20.50, target number two at $20.07. We cut through them like a hot knife through butter, and then the market rallied back. But understand this. Watch what happened. Here is 10.30. So 10.30 comes. That's an hourly close. I'm looking to get out of the trade. I wait for the hourly close. I follow my own rules. The market closes, or Jinko Solar closes, at 19.49. I take the loss. And at the time, I was actually happy that I got a little bit of a snapback. I was prepared to take more of a loss. Losses are part of this business. Part of what we have to learn as traders is how to actually take a loss. Most people don't take the loss. Most people let it get worse and worse and worse. And then by the end of the day or the next day or a week from then, they're taking a much larger loss than they could have taken right away. And the whole idea, and this is what I teach in the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader, and this is everything that every single thing I teach is really centered around, which is losing small and fast if you have to lose it all. But the whole idea is we're honing in on our entry prices so that we can take trades close to risk. We're still going to have losses. That's just part of the business. So here's one of those today. It's a loss. I can accept the fact that I took a loss, but look what happened as soon as I sold it. I mean, literally within minutes, the thing rallies all the way back past above my initial entry of 2050 and then comes back down. You want to talk about trick, trap, fool, and frustrate? There you have it right there. And I know I'm not the only one that this happened to. We just have to take these things in stride. This is a business like any other that comes with adversity. We're going to take losses. That's part of the business. I had two losers today. I had a losing day. I don't have losing days very often, so I am a little worked up about it. But there's always a bright side to everything. So I did have a losing day, but here was a winning trade. So we had this one also on stocks on the move list, BIIB, Biogen. Big stock in the news today. Really terrible news. Their Alzheimer drug that they were working on, it's not going to happen, right? So the clinical trials came back and it's not going to go forward. So the stock takes an enormous 30% haircut. So get this. Where's the stock yesterday? On close, 320.42. The stock is getting creamed at the open. Haircut, taken out behind the woodshed, shot three or four times, the whole ball of wax. They were getting smashed. On the board this morning, stock's on the move. 227. One number, one target, one shot. 227. What happened? Here's the low. 226.61. Two candles later, 20 minutes later, 231.71. I'm here to tell you, there's no magic here. Traders that have taken the course at Lazy E-Mini Trader could have come up with around the same number. And when I say around, the difference is negligible. Believe me, on a $225 number, the difference would be negligible. 
Traders that have taken the course can come up with the same price target. There's no magic. There are no secrets. There's just stuff we haven't learned yet. What's doing over at the IWM? My favorite market leading indicator. What's the story? We talked about this last night. It looked bearish. We were getting rejected at the breakdown candle high and the 20 period moving average, but we came into a breakup candle low, or we at least made an attempt for it yesterday, and here we are reversing right back to the 20 period moving average. Same story. Nothing has changed. Listen to this carefully. If the IWM, for example, doesn't necessarily break out to new highs, and we find the SPY up at 290. If the IWM gets stuck here when the SPY is at 290, I think that's a bad sign. I think if everything was bullish, this would have to break out and close daily above these highs here in order to have a full-on breakout across markets. So what I'm saying is, I'm watching my leading indications from the market, the IWM and the transports. Today was a big day in the IWM. It was leading the market on the upside. It was up more at the end of the day and the beginning of the day than the spiders was. I had a good question. One of the traders took a look at the IWM intraday and noticed that there was a divergence. So that trader's looking at a 10-minute chart and he sees that the IWM topped out and is coming down. It topped out at noon and it's coming down. Now we look over at the spider and we say, well, where's noon? So noon's over here. Well, how is that going on? What's the divergence? Shouldn't that be negative for the market? Under normal conditions, he had a good eye. He was right under normal conditions from the outside looking in. It was a good pickup. But let me explain the answer a little bit so that we're all on the same page. The IWM is screaming out of the gate. It does make a high at noon and begins to pull back, but it was leading from a percentage basis. It was leading the S&P 500 up to that noon point. So here's the way I approached it. Here's the way I looked at it. I looked at it from the daily chart perspective and I said, well, it's up more than the spider on the day. So I know from the larger picture perspective, there's nothing wrong. If the IWM isn't lagging for the day, I know that it's unlikely the market's going to fall apart. So that's item number one. Intraday, certainly we can have divergences. We can always have divergences intraday in any market. All these things that we discuss every single day, nothing ever works 100% of the time. There's nothing that's going to be correlated to each other 100% of the time. There are no divergences that happen 100% of the time. Nothing that I teach happens 100% of the time because nothing is an absolute other than where price is in the market right now or at any point in time. Price is the absolute arbiter. Everything else, nothing happens 100% of the time. So it's good that we're looking at all the things that we're learning, but we also have to be aware that even if something doesn't seem right, we take a step back, we look at a bigger picture. In this case, I just looked at the daily chart and I, I understood what he was saying and I did look at it and I took a double take and I said, hey, maybe he's onto something. And then I took a step back and I said, it's just the IWM was up more earlier and it's just kind of playing catch up, pulling back a little bit, but it was still a bullish day. And that's the point that I wanted to get across. But it's good that we're all looking at stuff. Ask the questions. If you don't ask the questions, how the heck are you going to learn? Remember the VIX? We went into the 20-day moving average. Now we're backing off a little bit. Let's see what happens with the VIX. 
Quite interesting that with the S&P up as much as it was, the VIX really wasn't down that much today. So I find that a little bit intriguing. I'm not reading into it too much just yet. I think we have a pretty good beat on what the story is going forward. We're going to stick with the story until the story changes. Over in the transportation department, same routine as the IWM, same routine as we've been discussing. So I'm going to do the same thing that we did with the IWM. If we find the SPY up in our number in the hot zone and we find sign and a signal of a trend change, for example, and the transports happen to be short of or in this neighborhood, not breaking out to new highs, that's a divergence. That would be a negative sign. That would support the case that we're unlikely to blow past 290 in the SPY. This was really the one, wasn't it? Out in Silicon Valley, the tech sector was screaming. We looked at the stocks the other day. This thing was bullish the whole time. It never looked back. We hardly have a blip on the screen. Look where this thing has come in just about two weeks. Two weeks ago tomorrow, we had a low of 169.34. We're at 182.57. Let's understand what we have on our hands here. This is not normal. There are a lot of folks out there that think the market has come too far too fast and they continue to try and short the market. They're both right and wrong at the same time. They're right that the market has come too far too fast, but what they don't understand is the market can go farther than they think it can and it can do it for a lot longer than they think it can. But now, specifically in the queues, we're getting into the ridiculous. Are they going to go up to 186 and fill the gap all the way up here? Yeah, it's likely that's what's going to happen. I don't know that we'll do it in a straight shot. I don't know that we'll do it in one bite. I don't know that they won't do it in one bite. All this can happen by Tuesday. Or we can have the Trick Trap Fool and Frustrate crew show up and it could take longer. Either way, we're looking for signs and a signal of a trend change. And if they hand it to us at the number, I'll take it. It's not a recommendation for anybody to do anything. Just letting you know what my intentions are at a specific price if I get the signal. How about down at the financial district? Now let's look at this a little bit differently. So the financials were flat today. We're not going to call them down. It's four cents. We're just going to call them flat. They did recover from being down earlier in the day. But I think this is important. We have even more of a potential divergence than we have in the transports and the IWM. So I'm watching the financials closely. Not to say they can't catch up over the next couple of days, but remember how I would look at the financials all the time. We look at the financials and say, without the financials participation, it's unlikely that the market gets very far. It's on kind of like a bungee cord. It can only go out so far before it snaps back. Now, on one hand, last night we discussed one of the reasons why the financials were down is because they're making less money with interest rates going down, that whole story. But that whole story only plays so much. I'm watching for something else potentially developing under the hood. I'm watching. It's a puzzle piece. It's on the table. I don't have anything yet. We're watching. How about the flip side? Look at the SMH up at 110. So first we filled the gap, we bantered back and forth for a couple of days. That's it. Took off to the upside, up 3.5%. Is everything so good right now that everything changed within the last few days so much across the economy, across the tech sector, across other sectors? Is everything so good 
that it warrants such a rise in price? And the answer is, it doesn't make any difference. Just let price rise. We're looking for all these markets to culminate together. That's generally how it's going to happen. One day, we'll get a reversal. We'll either get a reversal in the morning. We'll get a reversal during the day. We'll get some kind of signal, and that's going to be it. And it's likely going to come in. I hope it comes in, if it's going to come in at all, in that red or hot zone. And if that takes place, why is that important? The reason that's important is because we'll know where we're wrong on the trade. That's the only way we want to take a trade is knowing exactly where we're wrong rather than having to take an arbitrary loss at an arbitrary number. Or I really should say having to take a big loss at an arbitrary number. Let's define what the risk is before we enter the trade. Something else I want to discuss, Apple. Apple has been on a tear. It is absolutely the tail of the tape. It looks like it wants to get to 200. I don't know if it will get to 200. What I can tell you is there's a gap up here at 204, give or take. So can it get there? Absolutely. If we're having a melt up, a vacuum to the upside, it can. I previously mentioned 103.50. I would find it hard to believe that the stock, meaning Apple, would be able to close a week above 103.50. Let's say that happened tomorrow. How do you read that? It's bullish. Do you want a short Apple? No, you don't. There's going to be a number where Apple stops and goes back in the other direction. The problem is you don't know exactly where that number is. And trying to short the strongest stock on the tape is not necessarily the wisest thing to do. You're trying to pick a top. It's very difficult to do that. I prefer to heed the current trend. The trend is our friend until it's over. And right now, Apple is above all the moving averages all of a sudden. We consolidated for a couple of days underneath the 200 period moving average and took off to the upside. This is not a bearish signal. Is it overcooked on the upside? Of course it is. But that's not a good enough reason where it has to turn around. Remember NVIDIA? Most people remember NVIDIA. It went on a tear, then it collapsed. NVIDIA is a big part of the reason why the Qs were up so much today. The SMH was up so much today. Remember NVIDIA from a weekly chart perspective. Forget about everything to the right of September 2018. If you just look at that and you say, well, I could have said the same thing with NVIDIA how many times? It's been up too much. It's gone too far too fast. I'm going to short NVIDIA. Do you know how many people got chopped up trying to short NVIDIA the whole way up? Just trying to save you the headache. Gold. We're going to talk about gold real quick. Today I'm going to use the GLD only because we had an open trade from inside the numbers. Traders want to know about exits. So just for those that aren't aware, and there's going to be some skeptics out there, we did buy gold right around here, right? It was actually right here. It was 121.75. So the question is, where do we take profit? And the answer is, you should have taken profit already. You have to take profit along the way, and then at least you've booked some profit, you put the money in your pocket, and if it continues to rise, you participate. If it falls, 
you just end up selling it, meaning the remaining portion of your position, somewhere north of break-even, which means you're guaranteeing yourself a profit. We like to call that one the risk-free, emotionless trade, or at least the part of the trade. And I think that's where we're going to leave it tonight. I'm David Frost, My Strategic Forecast. Thanks for tuning in for another episode of Common Sense Market Analysis. My Strategic Forecast is hosted by David Frost. Subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcast app. And please visit MyStrategicForecast.com for more information. My Strategic Forecast is common sense market analysis.